0: Good morning. Welcome to another edition of the Northland Sports Page. It's Brian Prudhomme. It's Dave Cook. It is Saturday, and just like Anthony Barr, Dave Cook has returned from a seemingly (laughs) multi-year absence. Welcome back, Dave Cook. What's it like to be back in the studio on a Saturday for the first time since, I want to say, October
1: October. 28th? Yes, first time since October. Uh, The COVID monster got me, and then uh, I had to go do a deal down in the cities that I promised my goddaughter. I was going to say,
0: wasn't it the COVID monster followed by the confirmation monster, but yes, that's a pretty good 100%, honor.
1: 100% yeah. right. Yeah, I may have gotten in trouble at the confirmation. I may have been a little bit too chatty, but that's all right. Shocking. Yeah, right.
0: How did that happen?
1: Well, there was a lot of kids that were going up for confirmation, Brian, and, and my mind can wander. I know that you are not aware of that yet. No,
0: not and, since October and, anyway. So <laughs> I,
1: I may have started commenting on stuff to my goddaughter and I don't know how many times she said, You got to be quiet. We're in church. I heard, but I, so here's what I told. She gave me one line to say, and that's it, right? Okay. So I, which leaned. was, do you remember? Yes, it was, uh, Bishop, please accept Therese for confirmation. Okay. Right? Okay. So I said, You know, kid, I, you, you can't give me just one line. I need more than that. And she said, No, that's all you got. I said, I don't know if that's true. We're gonna figure something out. She's like, don't figure anything out. So you add live to a bishop? Well, well, uh, I'll tell you the whole story. That takes because cojones. I, I turned. I said, I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get you up there and I'm gonna turn around and announce you to everybody. And she said, you can't do that. And I said, you know how this is supposed to be memorable for you. And she said, yeah. I said, what if I go ahead and make it memorable for everybody?
0: Well, and how many times have we said when we've talked about sports on this show? Because we will do that at some point. Memorable doesn't have to mean positive. Great. You were going but to make it memorable for her no
1: matter what. So here's the thing I want you to watch in the future. So if okay. you're ever in a confirmation or in something where somebody has to be presented, I want you to watch the hand placement of the person who's presenting. Because there had to have been 50 or 70 different ways people put It's supposed put to be on hands. the shoulder, isn't it? We had shoulders. We had one mom who had her kid around Head, the shoulders, neck.
0: knees and toes, we, knees and toes. We had
1: one kid who's, we had a guy, a kid who was a probably boyfriend, girlfriend had her around the waist. There was, there was a mom that had her hand as big as life in between one kid's shoulders. It was like, are you pushing him along? Does not he want to do this? So it was, it was all kinds of fun uh, watching people going up for confirmation. And, and I may have, Done play-by-play play for her. Nice. Yes.
0: Nice. Like, you always practice that during warm-ups just in case I falter somewhere. So this was good you'd for you. you
1: surprised how many times I heard this. We are in the front row. You have to shut up. Now, I got to tell you this
0: because I'm impressed that the younger of the two of you, the confirmed, if you will, was trying to keep you disciplined because I was confirmed as well many moons ago, obviously. My sponsor was my now brother-in-law. He wasn't back then. He was my sister's boyfriend. You know, stayed put the his part. his hand
1: around your waist? He, he didn't. We
0: won't get into that. <laughs> but there was nobody to tell the other person to show a little maturity and discipline, so we were out of control. So I get the temptation. Yep. yep. However, I want you to remember that I was 16. <laughs> You're not.
1: <laughs> I told her. That my favorite one, and we'll go on to something else. So my her dad is like super religious, right? And that's fine. Um, but we get up there. This is part of the story. We get, we're about to go, and I said, I figured it out. And she said, what? I said, have you ever watched The Lion King? <laughs> oh, no. Were you going to go Simba and hold her up to the church? And she said, you wouldn't do that. And I said, your dad's in on it.
0: I would have thought you would have <laughs> said, don't threaten me with a good time. Your,
1: your dad's in on it. And she lost all color in her face. So well, I will yes, tell you one thing. good one.
0: One thing that you just got me to do with all the talk about, you know, don't make noise when you're not supposed to. You just got me to check my phone during that soliloquy you just gave because my phone wasn't in silent mode, so any text or phone calls would have added to the uh, brevity of yes. the show. But you survived. You did it.
1: I was so useful. You had to
0: make one line. You had to make one. You didn't want to do just one, but right. you made the one you were supposed I did.
1: to. I did. We, so we she's got confirmed it. all ended well. We, we did. Um, there were a couple of, of stuff that maybe went on in addition. Uh, I may have taken a picture during math and – uh, you that, sent me a video. Yeah. Well, that was after, right? I said, no, it wasn't. It no, was it during, wasn't. I was going to say yeah. it was
0: as she came back and sat down.
1: Yep. So, you know, there may have been conversations during that about putting my phone away. But, oh, my! Fa- I forgot about this one. I don't think I've told you this one. So I found something out. If Maybe you, we should
0: have started the show earlier because we had the opportunity today. But go ahead. If you
1: like a Kleenex, right, and you roll it up so it's, you know, just small enough to go into your breast pocket of your jacket... If you put your iPhone Pro on top of that, the camera sticks out of your pocket, and you can tell the person you're going to confirmation with, I've been watching body camera pictures from police, and I think I can film this whole thing. Wow. (laughs) She said... You can't do that. So said, does this person... to
0: tell me no. Does this person have a younger sibling? Yes. Okay, so she's shopping for a different sponsor <laughs> than you
1: after this, for sure. 100%. You are not being asked back. 100%. It was fun. So we, the, we had a good time. Her father was not happy with me, but that's okay. We had a good time. So the
0: individual was confirmed, and I can confirm that Dave Cook's church etiquette left a little something to be desired. Maybe. We'll see how he behaves in our chapel of sports here in the Holiday Center. As it's Brian Prudhomme, it's Dave Cook. We are back together. Based on that story, I can't wait to see what version of Dave Cook I get today, but it should be fun because we'll be here for a couple of hours. We'll we'll take it with you till noon. And again, Dave Cook relishing the fact or perhaps regretting the fact that he only had one line. He's got one finger up in the air. He's one got something last, to say again. One
1: last thing. All
0: right. You're ruining every she, segue opportunity I had, she but did, go ahead.
1: She did say to me when we were done, she goes, I am sure the Lord enjoys laughing and I she goes I'm sure that he was with us enjoying the banter because it was all based around um, confirmation and being together and having fun and the spirit behind it so I want to make sure that everybody yeah my behavior maybe wasn't great but it was all in the right direction
0: all right was that your first time playing that role no dang it old hat there went my joke because I thought enjoy it because it's also your last
1: (laughs) well that also might be true now
0: so we did get one individual confirmed courtesy of Dave Cook. We mentioned he's back just like Anthony Barr. It feels like he spent seven years here and then suddenly dissipated and found his way back. But Anthony Barr being back with the Vikings, of course, increased the return of a social media meme. Yeah, Everybody thinks that the reason that Viking fans appreciate Anthony Barr is because of the play that took Aaron Rodgers out of a particular season. That lo and behold, the Vikings won the division relatively easily after that. I would say that Brett Hundley had a lot to do with that as well. But Anthony Barr is known basically for that one play. And I will say that it's unfairly so, partly because Anthony Barr was one of my favorite Vikings, but he was a fairly good defender. We're going to see if he has any gas left in the tank, that's for sure.
1: You know, it's going to be interesting because the guy who's wearing 55 right now, Andre Carter II, um, looks a little bit like Anthony Barr. Right. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see if the old sage has anything left in him. Brian Flores is going to use him different than, than Zim did. It'll, it'll be interesting to see.
0: Well, and it did seem a little bit surprising that they went this far back into the reaches to replace the injured Jordan Hicks. And it's really too bad for Jordan Hicks because he went for a guy that I thought we were going to get a bag of footballs for at the trade deadline to maybe one of their best defenders, but they go back towards Anthony Barr, which I think surprised a lot of people. But I think what you're saying with Brian Flores is true. It makes me wonder if Brian Flores thought Anthony Barr was a toy I would have wanted all along. Now you yeah. got it for me.
1: Yeah, I wonder. So here's, here's something I heard over the last couple of weeks that I wanted to throw out to you. So at the end of the season, Brian Flores is going to have all kinds of head coaching opportunities. Like I think he's going to be the next head coach of New England, right? Um, if you're the Wilf, do you throw him like $100 less than O'Connell's making to stay? Like O'Connell's a head coach. I was so going to say, you're not the first fan
0: or radio personality to suggest similarly.
1: I, I think you almost have to, don't you? Because of the unique style he plays and the players now that you have play that unique style. Right. I don't know.
0: The Vikings are a little bit too known for being one and done. We certainly hope the Brian Flores era in Minnesota doesn't turn out to be that way. But the more he succeeds, we're enjoying it in the moment. Yep. But the more that we fear that going forward. But again, with Anthony Barr, we'll see. We'll see how much he actually plays if he does tomorrow night. But again, the idea for me with Barr, and it's so unfair, is that he's known basically for that one play. And I, I saw it on social media. I saw it from Packer fans. It's good to know they still exist because at 3-6 and six, they've been awfully quiet. But it made me wonder, who else in sports is known fairly or unfairly for one play? And you and I had fun this week talking about that.
1: Yeah, I think, and, and I think the... The best explanation for this that I can give people that are just sports fans, because you'll know who this person is because of the one play, and we talked about him this morning, Dwight Clark. Right. The catch. And that's, I mean, he was a decent wide receiver for the 49ers, but you remember him for the catch.
0: Absolutely. And, in fact, Dave Hoops brought him up on last week's show, and he's a guy without that play. I don't think it's brought up really anywhere, including in San Francisco. But it was one of the most memorable plays in the history of football. You want to talk Vikings in San Francisco. Obviously, the Dwight Clark catch wasn't against the Vikings, but when I think of the Niners, I think of a Viking play. I mentioned it to you 10 minutes before we started today. Who the heck knows who Greg Lewis is if he doesn't make the
1: one play in the 9 home opener featuring Brett Favre? 100% agree. Greg Lewis is in Vikings lore because of that. 100%. So those are some of the fair ones
0: because they really didn't do a whole lot else. Now, are there statistics behind them and other teams behind them? Yes, but that marquee moment... Is so far above anything else that it makes sense. There are others that you say this moment didn't define them until media or society led it. Bill Buckner leads that off for me.
1: Yeah, Billy Buckner is like that. How about a non-player? How about the the kid that was watching the Cubs game in the in the playoffs who pulled the ball out Steve of Steve Yeah, yeah, like. I don't know how he even interviews for anything. Like, I mean, that's what you and I do for a living. If you get a resume that says anything Bartman, aren't you like, hmm, I wonder if this... I think he interviews
0: under the name John Smith. I think the Witness Protection Program has a big job
1: there. 100%. But the one you made fun of me of is the one, the the big forward for the Timberwolves who made the steal against Denver.
0: Well, because it's a way that you and I play password. We always talk about memorable games and memorable moments. And you say, Wolves forward guys steal in the corner. And I say, Taj Gibson. You yes, go, yes, that's that what guy. I'm looking for. That guy. So these one play things might be fun for Dave and I specifically because we might play clue or password to get to them. But there are Minnesota and there are national plays that... Without that play, that guy doesn't
1: exist. Oh, and uh, it may not be fair at all. That's the point. Well, one of them that sticks in my head, and I, and I think it's going to be what he's known for for the forever is Vontez Burfett completely going headhunting against Antonio Brown, right, and knocking him out. And frankly, I still believe changed his personality and changed the arc of his career because Antonio Brown went from being you know that guy everybody wanted to who in the world is this knucklehead
0: to the guy that doesn't know what he wants almost, or what day it is.
1: Almost immediately right after that shot to the head perfect's always going to be the guy that ended that arc the hall of fame arc
0: well and what about the different way that a fan base can view it because if you're a bangle fan you might say well Vontez perfect was one of the hardest hitting defenders we had if you're a fan of anybody else you go yeah but it was dirty as can be i think about the way that different things are looked at because you look at dallas and they worship so many of their players with a rich rich history drew pearson is a big deal to them Drew Pearson is a big deal here for the wrong reasons.
1: Yep, same play. Right. But yes, uh, how, about, how about this one? I'm going to use one word for an NFL football player, and I'm going to see if you say the same thing I do. Bo Jackson. Running over Brian running Bosworth. Running over Brian Bosworth okay. at 100 miles an hour. Because I
0: was going to say, if it's not running over Brian Bosworth, it's the play where you literally saw Bo's career end. Yep. With nope. the way that his hip turned and the rest of the body didn't, you went, that can't be good.
1: Yep, the Bosworth play... Uh, and then let's go into baseball with it, and I say Bo Jackson, and which play is it?
0: Uh, the absolute hose from the outfield that gets oh. the home plate or third base in the air. Okay, which one do you yeah, have? The all-star, or it's the leadoff home run in the All-Star game.
1: The All-Star game catch when he ran up the wall and kept running on the wall. Ah, that's a good one as well. Yep. No, Bo, Bo was a special athlete, and yeah. We have a bunch of a bunch of stories, but when I say Bo Jackson football, it's him it's running, running over, over Boz. Boz.
0: Yeah. Absolutely it is. But you think of baseball— and so many careers are defined by big moments. You think of Kirk Gibson, and everybody knows the Dodgers' home run in 88, but we've got listeners that might be in the UP area or from that area, and you go, wait a minute, Kirk Gibson was a darn good Tiger, and you're right. Is it possible that a great moment takes away from the rest of your career? We certainly know that a negative one does, but does a great moment say, well, you're that guy? Yes, but I'm also all of this as well. So many
1: people will tell you that it's an exclamation point at the end. But I wonder sometimes if you're right that that golden moment, or frankly, the opposite moment, because Eck was on the mound, right? Right. I uh, told you,
0: besides Mariano, Dennis Eckersley is the best closer of my lifetime, and instead, a lot of people remember that one pitch.
1: Yeah, I, that's that's the highlight true. that he's
0: shown in most often. He's on the one. negative end of a play.
1: Yep, and so I think that I think that you're right because Kirk Gibson was uh, in, so. That's about the time I got into sports, right? And my best friend but was from... But not
0: 1988. Kirk was, Gibson, right, Detroit, more Detroit
1: Yes. My best friend's family was from Detroit. And so I had to listen to how good Kirk Gibson was. And now I was a baseball fan, right? So I'd flick his flick his card over, and it was 275, 25 doubles, 23 home runs, 88 RBIs, and 20 stolen basins. And I'm like, well... Yeah, he's all right, but let's let's take. But the back then, you're Mont- saying he's all right. Yeah. Today,
0: we'd say, talk about a five-tool player. Yeah, oh yeah,
1: he'd be. How much would he worth? But yeah. I re- I remember telling Jeff, you know, let's take that guy off the Mount Rushmore of Detroit Tiger players. Yeah. Because he's all right, but he's not the mechanical man. He's not Greenberg. He's not you know picking out all. He's not Denny McLean. Right. I was
0: gonna say you want to go Tiger lore We would go a long ways before yes. Kirk Gibson gets mentioned, but. He was still plenty good. He shouldn't be remembered for one home run as a Dodger. Yep, yep. Now it was a phenomenal Dodger season without question, and he's revered by the Dodgers for good reason. But I'll tell you what, it's World Series heroics that he's revered for. In Minnesota, did we forget to do that? Because I look at 1991 and everybody says Jack Morris, Kirby Puckett. And yes, they absolutely took game six and seven essentially into their own hands. And yes, all Gene Larkin had to do was elevate the ball to win it. Well, gosh darn it, he did it. And nobody talks about him ever. Gene Larkin actually should be remembered for one play and isn't. Is that a different category?
1: It is because you just mentioned some other people that would be really interesting to talk about in twins lore. I mean, Puckett's top three at minimum. Yeah. What's his moment? Game six. The, the catch. The or entire the home game. Run? The entire well, you game because, because of moment. that. You've got to pick up.
0: Well, a then you gotta go with the home run because that's what technically won it. Now you can say that the catch. Saved it to get you to that winning moment because it could have been a much different score, but you break a tie game and walk them off. That's got to be it.
1: That's probably it. I yeah. agree. But I think that's not a hundred percent. Like you said, I think it's 60, 40, but okay. So I'm going to throw some other names at you because this is our wheelhouse, right? Right. It's fun. Gladden
0: for the broken bad double or for scoring the game winning run. Cause that's what I picture when I see him. Or is it the grand slam in game one against St. Louis See, but that's because I'm a Minnesota sports nerd I could give you more than one play for yep. a lot of these guys yep. but on a national level or even a casual level there's one play. It's the hands from, up in the air. I was right? going to say from that the look on your face maybe I didn't get it but yeah it is celebrating Larkin and scoring. I,
1: I was going to use the exact analogy or the exact conversation you had. There's difference in my head versus what's what's common sports. My memory of Gladness starting the triple play during the middle of that season when he pulled the ball off the when he pulled the ball off the fence, the plexiglass and it looked like to to the guy on third, it looked like the ball went past him because it was glass, and he threw the ball into third for the out, and then they threw it across to the guy to first because the guy at first had already wrapped around shortstop for the outfield third base first base triple play.
0: Okay, you had way too many positions in there, but somehow I followed what you were saying. Yes, but you ended it with plays at first base. Ken Herbeck is known for a million things in but our area for one. If you. Ask Atlanta Braves fans, what does Ken Herbeck mean? All he did was go WWE or WWF back then on Ron Gant. That's probably nationally what he's remembered for and, and shouldn't be. But again, Minnesota sports nerd says that.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. And and that is what it is. So is Chuck Knobloch remembered for the fake more than anything else?
0: In Minnesota, Yes nationally I think he's remembered for the yips not yeah. being able to throw to first base and that was too many plays not one
1: so here's the question is he also remembered more for an incident than he is for a play in the field is he battery gate when the twins fans decided for the a twins, great idea would be to start throwing as a Kansas City
0: Royal playing in left field yep. of all the weirdness of Chuck Knobloch's <laughs> career that may take the cake but who else do you have for one play because we talked about unfairly Stefan Diggs maybe looked at that way because he caps off the Minneapolis Miracle but he was really good here yes. and is really good in Buffalo. There's no way that that should be how that career is remembered.
1: How about Brett Favre? Which what, one? Which yeah, interception? Right. But the interception as a Minnesota Viking fan and and also because of the stage, such a big play. Isn't it the interception to go to the Super Bowl?
0: Well, and how about the fact that I said which interception? This is probably a top five quarterback of all time. And how you want to remember him, you say which interception? And, of course, I say that because of the irony of the fact that his last pass as a Packer was picked, his last pass as a Jet was picked, his last meaningful pass as a Viking was
1: picked. Yeah, that's that's 100% true. What about Kickergate in Minnesota? I mean, we've had all these... Gary's
0: remembered wrong. Players,
1: players remembered wrong. wrong.
0: You look at Blair Walsh specifically, because I think about what I said on time for two more last weekend about how anytime it's Greg Joseph from over 45, now I can't look. Blair Walsh in his early years is exactly what you want right now yep. because the Vikings granted they're red hot, but they have no issue getting inside the 35, but not by enough to make a field goal comfortable with Greg Joseph, Blair Walsh, let's say 2012 Blair Walsh would have flourished on this team and we would have loved him. And for the most part of Blair Walsh's career, you should have loved him, Yep. but instead he shanks against Seattle and then kind of got the yips after that and was run out of town. I will argue in that Seattle game. He's also the only reason they scored at all mm-hmm. until that miss. Gary Anderson. Let's just face it. It was a perfect season minus one kick and the one kick to find him.
1: The so we talked about Puckett. Now let's look at some of the all-time Vikings. What's Randy Moss's moment?
0: Which catch against Green Bay?
1: Or is it Dallas? Right. Or is it the flip to mo?
0: But I feel like we're deferring from what the topic is. We're, we're discovering how many people aren't known for just one play. Yeah, we're yeah, we're, try- yeah, we're trying to focus on the ones that are. Only one play. Because I think of sports we haven't gone to yet. We did go to basketball briefly with Taj Gibson. I want to go to hockey because I mentioned Richard Park. If Richard Park doesn't win game six against Colorado in the Wild's earliest of playoff victories, first of all, there is no game seven. So there is no Andrew Brunette heroics. But I don't know if there is Richard Park in any kind of legacy without that Game 6 goal. And I guarantee you there might be listeners out there going, I didn't even know who Richard Park is Till you just brought up that goal.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, I told you that. So as, as the biggest Gopher fan that you probably know, well, maybe. I'm up there anyway. Um, and as a biggest Tom, Thomas Vanek fan as I am, I remember Thomas Vanek for only one reason as an NHL player, and he had all kinds of moments, right? He had a really good NHL career. But the one moment is when he skated over to the bench and stood there instead of back-checking, and we gave up a goal. I'll always remember, why is this person in the NHL anymore?
0: Right, and he wasn't for a whole lot longer, at least not in Minnesota. I'm going to go off kilter a little bit with hockey because last weekend I mentioned John Carlson, Dave Hoops, and I I ended up talking about the Miracle on Ice because I asked a question about the best upset that you witnessed either on TV or in person. And I was alive, but I was under the age of one when the Miracle on Ice happened. John and Dave were in a different light, so they got a chance to watch it and absorb it. Does anybody truly know in a certain age bracket who Mike Ruzioni is without that game?
1: A 100% no. You can list almost every player in that team. right? And who's Jim Craig? Right. Right. Well, and,
0: without the movie release, we could go who knows how many of them. But a Ruzioni for sure is just up on a pedestal where if you're not above the casual level, you gotta think pretty hard.
1: Uh, yeah, you gotta work for almost all those guys. Right. Who don't you have to work for? Broughton, Ken Morrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's I'm true. sure people are Herb yelling Brooks. at Her Brooks. Right. I'm sure people are yelling at their radio and that's fine, but off the cuff. Um But there there are a number of other players who have had these great careers and you remember them for a moment. What's Jeter's moment? The uh, backhanded flip to get the other Giambi at home plate. That's right. I mean, and that's that's what he'll always be remembered for, right? In Duluth, what's Daryl Strawberry remembered for?
0: Playing for the St. Paul Saints.
1: How about standing at the roof of the St. Paul Saints stadium and hitting the ball like a golf ball 500 feet? Right.
0: But what about silly moments or you know, odd moments that get memories as well, because I'll never forget that one of the first interviews I got to do as a play-by-play guy for UMD basketball back at the turn of the century, which is just a fun phrase to use, but hear me out. I was a basketball play-by-play guy and I got to interview Don Beebe. Yeah. And you might say, what's Don Beebe doing in a basketball sense? Well, Don Beebe's brother was the coach of UMD's opponent that night. And instead of getting the coach, I recognized Don Beebe across the gym. And I said, do you mind talking to me about some things? And he goes, Full disclosure, he goes, how the heck did you know who I was? No, <laughs> nobody else had any idea who I was. But what's Don Beebe known for? The strip yeah. of Leon Lett in the Super Bowl, which his team got blown out. And Leon Lett is known for that's how many, how many terrible say. plays who was a great offensive lineman in his career.
1: Leon Lett was a player. That, that's for sure. But, I mean, there's, that's an interesting one, Brian, because defensive ends make plays all the time. You know, think about what's Michael Strahan known for? A gap in his teeth. Okay, there's the Brett Favre sitting down sack. Brett Favre sitting down sack to give him the record, right? And and so like, what's William the Refrigerator Perry's moment? Scoring in the Super Bowl. Scoring in the Super Bowl. I feel like this is
0: a quiz that I'm doing really, really well on
1: because they all have one moment. Yeah, right. They have this moment that sticks out, and these players are Hall of Fame or borderline Hall of Fame players. Right. But there's that moment. I'm
0: gonna give you a moment between two players where one you're gonna say he's known for a million things. And the other one, you're going to say, yep, it's that moment. Robin Ventura and, and Nolan, Nolan Ryan. Yep. Nolan Robin Ryan is, is known for a million things. Robin Ventura is probably known for one. And Robin Ventura had a very serviceable career.
1: How about in the same vein? How about Michael Jordan's winning shot that has the guy from Cleveland kind of falling underneath? Craig Elo. Him? Yeah.
0: Or the winner over the Jazz. That was basically Michael's last meaningful shot. I believe that was Brian Russell. Yeah. Having,
1: having that poster. Maybe it's the poster that keeps it in your mind some as well. I mean, that could very well be.
0: How about if I said Steve Lyons? Pretty good announcer. Do you remember what he's known I, I for? I do,
1: for pulling his pants down I was going to say, base. keeping your pants
0: up on a baseball field, they're pretty important on, ideas.
1: On purpose, that's the thing. Right. He, he did it on purpose.
0: How about somebody like Alexi Casilla? Do you even know what the moment is? Now, game 163, the Twins win it. Uh, yeah. Carlos Gomez comes hauling around third, but who hit him in? Yep. Didn't do much else as a twin, but that was a big moment. Alexi Casilla, for me, kind of goes into that Gene Larkin ilk. And all I think of with Gene Larkin is if Gene doesn't pinch hit, I think it's supposed to be Jarvis Brown hitting for the Twins in that spot. People usually don't know who Jarvis Brown is. Can you imagine if he's supposed to here go win the 91 World Series? Even the biggest Twins fans are going, "Who the bleep is this
1: guy? He'd have had to put a bunt down and try to be." Right. It. Yeah, 100 100%. No, but I mean, think of think of some of the the people that had an opportunity to have that moment too. Like Inge in that same game where probably he gets, got hit by a gets, pitch but if he gets plunked, they pro- they win. Like Detroit wins if he gets hit.
0: Well, and I believe the winning pitcher for the Twins in that game. Somebody Google it for me. But I swear it was Bobby Keppel for the oh, Twins.
1: Geez. How about that for a name? Poll? I was going to say, ladies and, and gentlemen, and, and, the name Paul Brian was able to do. Tell me
0: something else that he did. Now there have to be obvious ones that we're missing. Of course, there are. Like Barry Sanders is a documentary coming out this coming week before the holiday. I think of the one where he's turning around Harlan Barnett for the Patriots about three or four different times trying to figure out an angle to tackle him.
1: Yeah, that... The thing about Barry is you can take a moment, but you should really, for a young football player, take about 15 minutes and just show the highlights, right? Right. But how about Kellen Winslow? My favorite my favorite player as a kid, on my favorite team as a kid, by the way, before the Vikings became that, was the Chargers, Eric Coryell. Right. Kellen Winslow is coming off the field supported by five different people because he played every snap in a double overtime win. Right. And, uh, yeah, and he was a great tight end, a Hall of Fame tight end. How about... But that's the moment.
0: How about Franco Harris? Amazing yeah, career. Yeah. You see one play over and over. David Tyree, not such an amazing career, but you definitely see one, one play, play over, over, and over and
1: over. It's amazing
0: yeah. what the stage does for it.
1: It it is it is fascinating when you think about all these different plays that have happened. All you know, and, and like you said, we didn't touch on a whole lot of basketball. Um I mean there's Dominique. a lot of basketball stuff is is so many of the specials are well,
0: and so Special many of moments. them are NCAA tournament games. I,
1: I love oh, during the NCAA
0: tournament when they have their video montage to intro or outro the tournament, and they show so many, and you go, I remember that, I remember that, I remember that.
1: But I think with NBA players, especially the superstars, I can I can use their names, and most of those things are going to be in skills competitions, like Larry Bird. Yeah. The uh, three-point
0: competition just annihilating everybody. Dominique. Where he came into the locker room that day and said, who's finishing second?
1: Yeah, Dominique.
0: Dominique taking off from the free taking throw line. Taking off from the, the first time Vince, anybody saw Vince it. Vince Carter, D. Brown, doing the I'm blinding myself and I'm dunking.
1: How about the Superman shirt after right. after the one? So, I mean, a lot of things in, in the NBA, we get a chance to see those superstars show off their skill set, right? Um, but, I mean, there's there's other things. What about Westbrook in the NCAA tournament, right? Just absolutely winning that basketball game for UCLA at the end.
0: Ty Edney how about winning when NCAA, NCAA tournament UCLA went on to win it with the O'Bannon brothers, but without Ty Edney, they don't get out of round one.
1: But if we do girls, women's uh, NCAA basketball and I say Janet McCarville.
0: Yeah. Or which Caitlin Clark shot from last year. You're going to remember.
1: Yep. Yep. So I think it's, I think it's fun to look back at your teams. Like you and I do so much high school and, and division three college. I mean, there's so many moments in high school hockey that are that minute, right? Though, and whether or not they're good plays or great plays, things that absolutely stick out in our minds and, and in other people's minds as well. I want
0: to know what Anthony Barr thinks about this because the whole topic stemmed from him because, again, he's back with the Vikings, and so many who didn't know enough about him as a Viking are going to focus on the injury to Aaron Rodgers and the meme and the play and what have you. So we thought about how do you define different athletes by one play? And I found it interesting how this topic morphed into something else because it started for me of let's pick on a guy that without a play probably doesn't exist in anybody's conversation. And it kind of changed to you can name some of the best-known athletes and still pin one play to him at least that the nation looks at. Now, again, we're too nerdy, and we came up with seven or eight. Yep. But you look at what does the nation think when you say player X, and we found it. But I'd love to know what Anthony Barr thinks that he became a topic that morphed into Janet McCarville. <laughs> don't tell me that the Northland oh sports gosh, page doesn't awesome. play word association in some way, shape or form. We bump out with little three dog night. Cause it's all about one make one play. We hope the Vikings make one play more than the Broncos on Sunday. We'll talk to Dave Hoops about it. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Northland sports page. It does take two Daves to get through this segment. Dave cook is with me. Dave Hoops will be right around the corner. I'm Brian Prudhoe. I'm very excited to have both Daves back with me. We were so excited about our opening topic with what one play defines a certain player, whether they're well-known or not. We kind of botched that last name we were bringing up. We got so excited. We morphed Janet Carbon and Janelle McCarville into one player. So pick which one you want to go with. But as far as we know, Janet McCarvel doesn't exist. So we apologize <laughs> for that. But our great sponsors exist. We want to give them some love right away
1: yeah sorry about that brian our our sponsors have list continues to grow and we want to welcome mike regan christian from the Christensen group insurance company um he's jumped on board the football show we want to make sure that everybody takes a look at him for your insurance needs
0: absolutely one of the best not just insurance agents but one of the best people i know thank you mike regan for joining the family
1: absolutely comfort systems kohler hyundai and kohler toyota pier b resort stewart's bike sports and trophies Royal Bottle Shop, Avenue 45, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem, Cross Heating and Cooling, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer. The Blackwoods Group, including their locations on London Road, at Proctor, Two Harbors, Blackwater, and Tavern on the Hill. OAR Holdings, Hoops Brewing, Did and Blackwater Punch at your studio.
0: For those that don't see things, because radio is not a visual medium, so I don't know how any of you see the show, but it's always tough in radio when you have to cough or swallow. Or all of the above. And kudos to Dave Cook for uh, pushing on through the sponsors. As you could tell, he was on the cusp of having a bad vocal moment. Happens to me a lot in this studio. Happens to me a lot during our games as well. John Carlson is probably the best at it because he leaves no stone unturned when it comes to alerting you that he needs to cough. He looks like a third base coach telling you to turn his mic off, please. But it's always harder to do mid-sentence. So we'll give one Dave a break and I'll go right to the other. Dave Hoops of Hoops Brewing is on the phone with us once again. Dave, good morning, sir.
2: Uh, good morning, guys. Excellent show, show so far.
0: Good morning to you, and thank you. Now, tell us how many we missed, because I think people are going to get interactive with us, and, and I don't take it as a slight if we miss things that you know are the one play that defines a player, but we immediately got social media messages talking about Ontario Smith and the Wizinator. Tell you what, if you've got more, tweet them at us, at NSPFan1065. But Dave Hoops, you've got the floor. What did you think of for players that are defined fairly or unfairly by one play? No,
2: I think you guys did great. I, I was actually stringing lights, so I was on a ladder. <laughs> so I, I don't have a whole bunch right at, at my fingertips. I'm sorry, but I was listening.
0: No, it's okay. That's that's always a good feeling that we did well. And with you on a ladder, stringing lights, it's the season for that with Christmas City Parade last night, et cetera. And all I picture when you say that is Clark Griswold doing the same thing. So I, I'm glad to hear that you're safely with us and, and off the ladder.
2: Well, you know, we get it going on Tuesday. We get all our Christmas trees down at, at the brewery and everything, and we have everything up and running by Thanksgiving night when people like to go out after turkey. So I'm I'm planning for all that.
0: I'm glad you mentioned both holidays. So give us the timeline for those that are fascinated by every Hoops brewing beer that comes out for the holidays because Thanksgiving is – you know, just a handful of days away. It's this coming Thursday. So Cranfest should be available. And then I believe Cherry Ale, the last I saw was December 9th. Is that still on schedule?
2: Yeah, 100%. I I got to go on the lift the other day and I uh, fed some to Bailey on there, the Cranfest, which is now on tap. And it is beautifully uh, reddish pink. And um, it just screams for a little bit of turkey, a little bit of a sip, back and forth. And then, yes, Cherry is 12, uh, 25 is December 9th, but next week we've all been waiting. Blueberry pale ale. It's uh it'll be out. So we'll I'm excited. Segue there.
0: Yeah, very much. So I am excited for that one too. You mentioned the lift. I want to give some love to WDIO, our partners there. And, and Bailey Warfield is the Bailey that you mentioned. And the lift is exactly that. I kind of feel like it's an optimistic uplifting community show and who better to have on that than you, because we always say the ray of sunshine, Mr. Optimist that we need on this show is you. So, Talk a little bit about your experience and conversation on the lift this week.
2: Oh, well, thanks. Uh, she's a good friend. She's come down to the brewery a bunch of times, but she had me up at the studio, and I brought in a bunch of fruit beers, four different versions, and then talked about how beers would pair with Thanksgiving fare and what works with what. And uh, I might have talked about pale ale, stout as well. But the, the, uh, the crowd pleaser was definitely Cranfest, and, um, yeah, she's a delight. Just a great, great girl who does an awesome job on her show.
0: She really is fantastic. Speaking of fantastic, both of these teams that are going to battle tomorrow have played some fantastic football recently, the Vikings and the Broncos. You are someone who has declared himself as a fan of both. I would imagine tomorrow, though, the Purple Allegiance is obvious. And what do you expect?
2: Uh, well, I am a fan of both, and, you know, it's been a downed season, well, until it wasn't, as I told you, for both, and uh, now we've got three wins in a row for Denver with Russ playing like a serviceable quarterback. Um, I think it's going to be a really good game, but I think our defense is going to be the uh, X factor, not Josh so much, although I, I'm going to predict 150 yards on the ground. There you go. There's going to be my, there's my Josh. major prediction. No total for the Vikings. Oh, I thought you were going for
0: Dobbs too. I thought a lot lot of receivers. Our receivers are not getting any separation. If he's got to run for one fifty, but go ahead. Goodness
2: gracious! Yeah, (laughs) yeah. go ahead, Dave. No, No, I'm saying as a team.
1: I've been I've been uh, trying to get back in the groove here, Dave. And you sat me back in the chair. I almost flipped over. So I got to get back in the groove for the studio before you say stuff like that. Jeez.
2: Well, it's going, to be, it's going to be a good game up in Mile High. Hopefully, it'll be
1: cold
0: out. I was going to say, let's all go out on a limb and just say it's a Vikings game. It'll be one score. Which direction? Who knows? Go exactly.
1: ahead. Hey, it's time to do some questions, Dave. I've been chomping at the bit for this for a couple of weeks. Because one of the more interesting things that's happened over the past, I don't know, couple of football seasons is this goofy sign-stealing thing that's going on in Michigan, right? Um, so, scandals are a thing that happen in our, in our country and in our culture all the time. And I'm wondering, Dave. I'm going to take it in sports, and I'll let you get out of sports too. But what's the most interesting scandal that you uh, can remember that that stick out for you?
2: Well, didn't uh, Brian bring it up? The Wiznator. I mean that that's that's classic. If we're talking sports right now, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll go with that.
0: Wow, this is really an all-encompassing question because I wasn't around for it in my lifetime because of the movies and tv shows i've i've been fascinated good and bad by by the watergate scandal if i go outside of sports
1: yep. well we're going to talk about that one in a bit
0: uh the sports scandal i think that was most fascinating to me i wanted to start with steroids because what was it the mitchell report that was that was a big deal at that time but then i think the whole thing with the astros was fascinating to me of oh, that's of, one, of what's going to happen you know people lost their jobs but were they actually going to have a World Series crown taken away from them? We can argue that Rob Manfred didn't do enough. And if you argue that, I 100% agree with you. But I was curious how that was going to be handled.
1: So the the silliness of this uh, Michigan thing brought me immediately to the flattening, flattening the ball in New England. Ah, right, yes, deflate gate. But then I went serious for a second. And what about Muhammad Ali saying no to the Vietnam War and giving up his title and going to jail to serve to serve his time because of his his faith and belief in in or faith in his beliefs and what a scandal that was at the moment and now we look back at it as a point of pride
0: absolutely can i add one more for those of you that might like the 30 for 30 television series because if you haven't seen this one do it don't forget the new york islanders had basically a fake owner for a while who convinced the world that he was loaded with the uh, financial resources to own a team and he was a nobody and didn't, the sports world bought it for a while.
1: Didn't we have that for like 10 seconds with the Vikings? Didn't like Tom Clancy own it? with Right. It?
0: But at least we know Tom Clancy had the financial resources. I thought you were going to say, don't we have that now with the poll ads? But all go right. ahead.
1: So here's, here's one thing that I think all Duluth people should, or at least one side of the city is going to like. How about the scandal that is the overtime with Apple Valley that East should have won because there was a goal waved off?
0: Since you use the word fascinated, I'll agree with you. Do I enjoy that one? No, because Scandal. I'll tell you this, that, that Matt Latour, and this story has been told many times, Matt Latour supposedly tipped Dylan Mill's shot, and it did go in. And Matt Latour, back then, certainly haven't seen him for a while, he has the cleanest vocabulary of anybody that I went to school with. And word is that he came back to the bench and said, I bleep and scored, why are we still playing? If he
1: dropped one of those, he scored. He scored. Now, outside of the sports world, I told you this question was going to get a little bit long because this really is the Michigan versus Watergate, um, the Michigan versus Watergate uh, question, right? Because one's a little silly and one's the most important scandal, you know, maybe ever. But I want to go back a little ways and talk about um, uh, the one, the one that really is interesting to me is the murder of Abe Lincoln. Right. Because apparently the guy that they got was frankly a stoolie, not unlike um, I mean, he was sent there. He did the He did the deal, but that he was kind of fooled in what what was going to happen. Not unlike the Kennedy assassination. Right. Is one of the greatest scandals of all time. The Warren Commission. I
0: think it could be. That's a little too deep for me. I think it's fun in a weird way because it's become a sports cliche when we list all the things that are wrong with our teams. And then we end it with other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? But other than that, I'm not going to explore that topic too much. It's, it's too rich for my blood. Go ahead, Dave.
2: Dave, let me jump back in. Can I, for a second? By all Um, means. uh, Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't, wasn't thinking on my feet too well. I really quickly though, I'd like to add the the entire um, home run gate. Uh, I got to watch a lot of the Barry Bonds homers and whether those should be on the list, uh, I really would like to mention that. And then I think for me the biggest um, it, it's a social commentary. Chad Chadgate, whatever um, the election between oh, Gore oh, Bush, my gosh, the hanging chads, yeah. Uh, but I also want to mention that our country could really look at um, classy behavior and handshakes and um, between two candidates, uh, roughing, you know, really fighting for something, and they acted like grown-ups. I, yeah. I remember that really well.
1: All right. So let's take a break to the something a little lighter. So happy birthday to the granddaughter today. So, has got the grant now. She's not. It's today, but we're celebrating it today. And they have a tradition called Yes Day. So pretty much whatever she wants within reason, the answer is just yes today. Wow. Right?
0: She's not married. Right.
1: So, yeah, I told her we, we needed to be a little bit more Minnesota and have Depends Day. You know, okay, that's great. It depends on this, but I want to know, guys, what is your favorite birthday tradition? Whether or not it's something you did when you were a kid or what you do now. Well, Dave Hoops, I'm
0: going to let you go first. But first off, I was snickering to myself because I'd never heard "depends" day before, and I thought that was something only nursing why, homes that, celebrate. But that's go why ahead. I
1: had to add that bit?
2: Well, it's um, he's long retired, so there won't be any problem here, but. When I was younger, uh, for a while, I thought I was told that the fireworks were in my honor, and uh, I was too young to understand that that was a farce, 4th of July and all. I love that. But my favorite tradition, every year we would have a giant family reunion slash party slash lawn get-together, many people, and the chief of police in the unnamed city that I'm not going to mention would show up around 9 o'clock with the... um, the squad car completely full of confiscated fireworks and they would go right into blowing them all off. And eventually I realized they weren't for me, but the tradition of um, chief unnamed showing up uh, to bring those every year when it was hard to get fireworks when I was that age, that was a great tradition until he retired.
0: Yeah. yeah that's, pretty that's pretty good. That's one of the many advantages to you having a national holiday for a birthday, whether or not those are simpatico or just coincidence, we can debate forever My tradition is a little more simple because I didn't have very many. And I know we have a lot of great sponsors. And I'll tell you what, if this place still existed, I might hit it up to be a sponsor as well. Because, yes, I'm an East grad, which makes me a cake eater by nickname. But I'm also a cake eater by digestive choice. And I really enjoyed patty cake cakes as a kid. Oh, yeah. And I had awesome decor on all my birthday cakes, whatever I was into that year. I know I had a cake with Kirby Puckett. I know I had a cake with Larry Bird. I'm fairly certain I had a cake with something Vikings. I don't know what purple frosting tasted like. But I always, you know, you think about it now as an adult, and you say, that looks too good. I don't want to eat it. It's too pretty. Well, as a cake eater, I dove into it. But looking back, I'm like, man, I'm glad we took pictures of those cakes because those were
1: awesome. So that uh, I have one that I want to add. But, you know, you, you when you said looking back on something I did as a kid, you remember Shakey's? Yeah. Like that was that was the birthday tradition. Hey, um, we used to do what we called birthday fairy. And so the kids would go to sleep and Dana and I would go in and we would absolutely trash their room with stuff, with, with uh, you know, crepe paper and all kinds of stuff. And when the kids woke up and they could hardly get out of their room because it looked like somebody made a spider web, they were so psyched up because the birthday fairy had come. So that was always fun.
0: That's pretty good. Do you have more, or is that it for today?
1: No, I do have one more, but okay. I don't know what kind of time frame we have. If
0: you put the pedal down, we can do it.
1: All right. So, coaching is an interesting thing, and, and hopefully, Steve Potosha is listening and our rest of our coaching friends. Dave Hoops, what's one unique coaching trait that you value?
2: Uh, well, when I was uh, running high school track, I uh, my coach, Coach Linder, um, had, well, he had a great mustache. I should mismention that because it was that time Burt Reynolds would have rolled over. But that's a side note. But Coach Linder uh, believed in, you know, participating with his athletes. Now, he, he was a great motivator. He was a great talker, everything else. But he would go out there and run, run wind sprints with us to the point where, you know, we were striving to keep up with him. And so I like a whole go see them, go do them type of coach. Don't just say do. And Coach Linder was still probably my greatest coach to this day.
0: I'm going to agree with that because I think where I was coming from was kind of in the same idea because I was going to say relatability. I like the coach that every once in a while kind of morphs into the kid or the athlete. As good as Tom Kelly was with the Twins, looking back, I guess I didn't like that he sat in the dugout and let the players do all the celebrating. I like the coach that shows the emotion and the joy and sometimes the sadness right with the kids. So I like to see the coaches that get just as fired up as the players are. Kevin O'Connell right now, when they do mic'd up and different things on the Vikings Entertainment Network, which we'll talk to Tatum Everett about a little after 11, is a joy to watch those clips because how animated he gets. It's, it's, It's fun because it sees the passion come to life.
1: So my offensive line coach when I was playing was an old Marine.
0: That's the one that grabbed you by the yep. face mask?
1: Yep, uh, but he was the guy that kind of learned how to motivate you. And so he, for me, I didn't want to be called out in front of other people, right? He did a very nice job of pulling you aside, cursing, laughing, and telling you what you did wrong, and then get you back out there. And if you did it wrong again, that's when you got the face mask pull. But if you did it right... He threw so many curses at you, and then he'd pat you on the back that it was, you know, motivated you to know you wanted that, right? I was going to say, that is running the
0: emotional spectrum, the relationship spectrum, all in a five-minute exchange. Dave Hoops, quick segue to close because I want to talk more about the brewery. Dave Cook talked about birthday traditions. My new one might be going to Hoops Brewing every time I have a birthday. It's a great place to party. Tell us more about what we can do down there this weekend and beyond.
2: Well, I mentioned that it's going to be Thanksgiving. Thank you. i will be open at 5 o'clock that night to, you know, kind of ring in the Christmas season post-Thanksgiving. Uh, and we'll go right into next weekend starting our maker's market. So every Saturday morning into the afternoon, we'll have seven, eight, nine, ten 10 artisans um, selling cool stuff. And, of course, we'll be um, continuing to promote um, everything ice that's the best way I could put it as Bentley will starts too. So let's get some snow, I guess, but yeah, come on down. We're very festive. We're the most Christmassy holiday Chris, you know, beer hall. I would have to say around here.
0: It's amazing to me that the most warm hearted guy I know wants to promote everything ice, but Dave Hoops, Uh, you're the best. Let's talk again next week. It's always a joy. Have a good rest of your weekend, my friend. Thanks guys. Talk to you next week. Absolutely. will. that's our guy, Dave Hoops from Hoops brewing. One of our illustrious sponsors. When we come back, one of the most impactful people in our community. Dave Hoops is one. Diami Starks is another. He's next. Stick around. We'll be right back. Back here on the Northland Sports page, Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, little kids in America. I'll tell you what, one of the guys that has a huge impact on all of the kids in our little corner of America is Mr. Diami Starks. He's going to join us in just a moment. But before we do that, we'll give a lot of love to Diami, but we'll give a lot of love to our sponsors yeah, as well.
1: Let's try to get through it this time, huh? Uh, we'll start with the OG, the original, the the sponsor that kept us going during covid If you're looking to do something to your home or your business and you need some assistance, Ryan Arola at Arola Architecture Studio, please go there and talk to The OG. Hoops Brewing, we just got done talking to Dave. OAR Holdings, Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer. Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, including locations on London Road, in Proctor, in Two Harbors, Blackwater Downtown, and Tavern on the Hill. On the Hill. Avenue 45, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Comfort Systems, and Mike Regan, Christians and in Group Insurance.
0: Mike Regan, one of the best friends a guy can make. Same can be said for this guy as we welcome in Diami Starks. Diami I want you to help me because you've done that in so many ways in our lives together, but what's the best way to introduce you in terms of resume? St. Scholastica Women's Assistant Coach, Starks Academy basically founder director of player development for a team in Iowa. What am I missing? What would you like me to include? And good morning.
3: Well, first of all, thanks for having me on again. But, you know, you guys are going to have to put me on payroll to do your job. You guys are the ones who do the intros really well, <laughs> not me.
0: That's true. That's true. I'll get you a, a W-4 at the end of the day. How about that?
3: <laughs> that works. No. Um, you know, it's it's basketball, basketball, basketball. Um I, I even struggle with it. I had to change the uh, signature line in my email the other day, figuring out which ones to put on and which ones not to put on. But overall, you guys, it's I'm coaching. I'm doing what I love to do. I can't complain.
0: Let's talk about those CSS women for a little bit here. They've got a big game today at 3 o'clock. UW-Stevens Point comes to the rife. This is a team that has struggled in terms of record over recent years, but it's a much more athletic, young, energetic bunch this year. It's fun to watch so far.
3: Well, listen, as great of a job as Stacey Deidre did recently inducted in the CSS Hall of Fame, you know, transitioning from the UMAC to the MIAC is a dramatic swing. The UMAC, you know, no knock on some of the higher level teams in it, but the UMAC is not nearly as strong as the MIAC, you know, when you have these academic and athletic powerhouses. Transitioning with the personnel that you're used to recruiting, everything changes. So when Jason Smith took over the program, we knew it was going to be a bumpy road. And I I wasn't there on staff; he was actually doing quite a bit himself. We recently got a full time assistant position. We have uh, new new hire coming in from New Jersey. My guy Gene, he's excellent. Um, we hit the recruiting path pretty hard this past summer. And as you I don't know if you guys know, but Division three coaches they can coach an AAU. So I had Jason coach my 17 year teams. He actually coached Rachel who's playing for Stevens Point, we're going to see a rematch today. But, uh no, hitting the recruiting trail is, is super important. And as coaches, we all like to say at the college level, um, <clears throat> you know, we want to give our returning players every chance to be as great as they can be, but we also need to recruit players that are better. And that's just the constant cycle of college basketball. I think this year is our first year where we're actually seeing some of the players that we want coming in. And then obviously, to your point, Brian, allows us to play faster, more dynamic, so we play, we, we we go deep, we play five freshmen. So it's going to be an exciting game and exciting next four years.
0: Yeah, it definitely. As you mentioned today with Rachel Hagan coming to town as a member of UW-Stevens Point and you mentioned AAU ball, the St. Scholastica early schedule and quite frankly, the St. Scholastica team, you have to feel like a proud father of a lot of these kids because Rachel Hagan, you helped develop. Ashlyn Gunther, you guys were in Bemidji a week ago. You know, Tiran, Sage Ganyo. How many players that you're seeing, and it's got to be fun to kind of see the fruits of your labor, but at the same time, you're having to beat them now. But but this is a tip of the cap to you and basketball in our area.
3: I appreciate that. Um, honestly, it's it's kind of surreal because it's it's the first generation of kids that I'm seeing go to college. You know, I have, <clears throat> as you guys know, Gianna Neefens, Grace Kirk. Those are some of the older kids and some of the kids I worked with first, but they didn't play AAU with me. So now I am seeing some of the kids that I've literally coached year-round traveled the country with an AAU and now they're living out their dreams playing college basketball. I, I don't have any words. It's still soaking in for me. But we can talk about that after. we got to kick Rachel's butt tonight first.
0: <laughs> That's fair. Challenge accepted. Go ahead, Dave.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were talking about signatures and I've been thinking about – I was talking to some adults about you earlier in the week and there was, there was two things that you should add to your signature page. The first one mm-hmm. is people don't always remember what you said to them, but they remember how you made them feel because I think those kids, are they learn basketball, but they learn passion, and they learn all the other stuff from you. The other thing is there's a, there's a quote by uh, a gal whose last name is Tauscher, and it's, you know, we worry about what a kid might become tomorrow. We always seem to forget what the kid is today. And it seems to yeah. me, for all of the time we've talked about with Starks Academy and all the things you do, you never forget the kid today. Your goal is tomorrow, but you always seem to focus on that kid today. And I said this, Brian, the first time we talked to them I mean, over the over airs, the and I'm going to say it again, the guy who makes the most difference to the most kids in, in our community, we're talking to him on the phone right now.
3: Man, I... I don't know how to follow up that one. Next topic.
1: <laughs> I want to know. Yeah. My next question is this um, adults out there who see what you're doing, right. And would, and our basketball junkies, maybe don't know how to give back. How do they get a hold of you and how can you help guide them a little bit? Not just the kids, uh-huh. but the adults.
3: No, of course, of course. And Dave, no, thanks. I was saying that tongue in cheek. Um, you know, with the new endeavors that I have, in iowa i'm sure we'll get to that in a second um being a college coach keeps me busy in the winter and then uh but one thing that'll never change is is my love for this area my home um and the kids that are here um you know it's 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 honestly i've had a lot of opportunities pop up all over the country even overseas i've had opportunities to go back over there and coach and even play still but there's just there's a draw here. There's an anchor here, and that will always be there. So whether it's Starks Academy, NYBA, or just, you know, De'Ami doing doing his own thing, um, I'll always have ties here. So this next year, actually, it's um, <clears throat> a good question, Dave. This next year, I'm going to launch a new website. It's literally my first and last name, De'AmiStarks.com. It's, it's live now, um, but you can't book anything there. But that's that's where I'm going to keep everything, because as, as we pointed out, I'm, I'm having – a presence in, in different states and different areas. Um, but I'll always be anchored here. And, um, you know, northlandhoops.com is where you're going to see all our events. Our annual winter hoop fest, um, holiday hoop fest is on December 28th. That's our biggest camp of the year. Parents, drop your kids off. We'll take care of them, teach them some basketball skills, teach them some life skills. I'll always love that camp. And this year I'm going to have our CSS women team help me out a lot. Um, <clears throat> and then just getting involved in different areas. Like, CSS this year, um, we volunteered. Our players volunteered at Lincoln Park Middle School, um, so it's just it's, it's just it's getting our hands in all these different different areas in basketball. It just ties it all together. But um, I'll still be I just look out for all the different programming that we're doing. northlinehoops.com, dot com, and um, no matter where I end up being, it's always going to be my my roots are going to be tethered here.
0: Absolutely, we love that your community impact knows no bounds, and I appreciate that. We talked so much about the local products and how they succeed at the next level. Gianna Niepkins, you know all the Division Three and Division Two kids that you've helped hone, that you've actually played against or will play against today. But I want to talk about some of the kids for CSS that you'll see today as well. You talked about the five freshmen. I want to talk about somebody who's much older and much more consistent because she's older. Perhaps is Megan Hurley just the epitome of consistency for your team?
3: <laughs> Megan Hurley, the team mom. <laughs> Megan Hurley is awesome. Now, you you want to talk about UMAC versus MIAC. Megan Hurley was recruited to be a UMAC player. And MIAC has, you know, superbly better athletes, as I just got through saying. So, Megan athletically is not going to match up. And we have a joke, actually, in practice. Like, you know me, Brian. I'm like, I'm I'm going to shoot straight at all times. And I told Megan in front of the whole team. I was like, now, is Megan fast? Of course not. She's slow. But she plays fast. She thinks fast. She's always in the right spot. And the kids, the only thing they heard was, Jami said Megan was slow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so
3: just, we bring it up all the time as an inside joke. But um, it was a compliment. It was a compliment because, you know, for her to be a Mayak start, and I'm not kidding, she would start for over half the teams in the Mayak with her basketball IQ and her presence. And she's versatile. She plays multiple positions for us. She's super smart. She's an extension of me and Jason on the floor. She just does everything right, but it's nothing that blows you away. So, yeah, without Megan's presence, there is no – there is no success. There is no – we're not We're not talking about how exciting we're going to play. The freshman would be kind of wayward. And it's, and, and last year we had freshman of the year, Lexi. Right. Um Lexi Imbeck, yeah. Lexi, Lexi deck. So it's like without Megan, she doesn't give the foundation for these kids to really jump off.
0: I'll tell you what, your answer makes me feel good that I see the game the right way because I'll tell you what, if, yeah, you know. if my life is on the line and I need somebody to shoot from the elbow, I'm probably choosing Megan Hurley, but that's just me. Deami, I yeah. want to talk a little bit about – Division one women's basketball, because the fact that it is talked about at such a higher level recently is just mind boggling and fascinating to me because it's finally, the nation is catching on to how good it is, but there's parody this year. Some of the top teams are, are falling oh, off yeah. early. UConn has an early loss. Iowa lost at home to K state this week. You know, Utah got beat. We don't want Gianna to lose, but they got beat by a ranked Baylor team, mind you. But the knowledge of women's basketball throughout the nation is, is getting better. You know, Minnesota hosts UConn tomorrow. We can pray that they pull an upset. I don't think Geno will let that happen, but the nation is a little bit more infatuated with this sport, aren't they?
3: Yeah, they absolutely. And, and I'll tell you this, it's I think two things can be true. The the girls' and women's game has never been better than it is now, right? It, the the parity you're talking about, it's, it's no secret. Just basketball across the board in both genders has gotten better, period. It's more skilled, faster, bigger athletes. It's more versatile. There's better coaching. Analytics has changed the game. It's just better and uh my buddy grant mcginnis made a great point about the girls game specifically he said wherever you see great hockey you're going to see great girls basketball and it's not you know there's exceptions but what he was saying is like the west suburban area and the metro so you got your hopkins minnetonkas you know all those schools over there right they're great at hockey and obviously that means there's a lot of money in those areas those west suburban areas so what that did is it it poured a lot of people who wanted to play basketball there, they poured money into training and development. So you started seeing more gyms pop up. You started seeing more trainers pop up. And I'll tell you this straight up. um, I think I mentioned this before, but Minnesota is widely considered the best basketball state for girls prospects at the division one level. We won't have, you know, a bunch of page backers, like high level talent, but you're going to have deep, deep, deep classes full of division one talent. like the top 30 kids in any class can go division one. I mean that's 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 like unheard of. So <clears throat> really it's like a lot of money got poured into it. We got lucky with the Minnesota Lynx going on their run with Sylvia Fowles, Simone Augustus, etc. Then we had Paige come on. So like a lot of things just came together in Minnesota, but across the nation. Everything just got better. And so what you see is now, you know, keep your eye on these kinds of things. You know, Overtime Elite is now launching something for the girls this next summer, overtime elite was launched a couple years ago for men who wanted to play in the NBA, just kind of bypass the NCAA system. So you're going to see a lot, a lot of opportunities and resources that were poured into the guys are being poured into the girls and rightfully so. These games are just flat out fun to watch.
0: Diami, you are the best. You started your appearance with, we need to put you on payroll. We might, because Dave and I are always trying probably too hard to tie the hockey crowd and the basketball crowd together. You just did it. We appreciate it. And I love anytime that I can say, I'll see you later today. And that's the case this afternoon. Pointers and Saints at the Rife. Women's basketball tips off at three. I will see you then. You're the best. I appreciate your time.
3: Sounds good. Thanks, guys.
0: Absolutely. That's our guy, Mr. Community Impact, Deami Starks. Our number one is done. What a way to finish it. Our number two is going to be very Viking-centric. We hope we entertain you because Tatum Everett of the Vikings Entertainment Network is next. Stick around. We'll be right back.